Do you find yourself stuck in lifestyle patterns that are contrary to the Word of God? You know, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves aimlessly wandering around in the darkness rather than following the path of purpose that God has for us. There is a way where you can leave addiction, bitterness, anger, and depression behind. This is Carol McLeod, and we're going back into the book of Ephesians today. Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. Thank you for joining me here on the Charisma Podcast Network. Have you ever moved? Have you ever changed location? Have you ever gone from one street to another street? Or from one town to a different town? Or from one state to another state? Well, if you have you know that part of the moving process entails the dreaded change of address form. You have to go to the post office and fill out where you used to live and where you now live so that all your mail, all those things that are coming to you, will get forwarded to your new residence. Well, the same thing happens when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are given by the Holy Spirit a change of address form, and you really don't live on planet Earth anymore, but you are seated in Christ with heavenly places. Now, I understand that your feet are still on terra firma and that you're still sucking in the oxygen of planet Earth. However, the you that really matters, the you that's going to live eternally has been given a change of address, and you are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're extracting some riveting yet challenging scriptures from the book of Ephesians, and today we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Make no mistake about it, before you accepted Christ, you were dead. You were dead, dead. And the truth of it is this, dead people really don't have an address, do they? It doesn't matter where dead people live or who gives them gifts because they're dead. Ephesians 2.2, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So in your dead state, somebody else was in control of you. And that person was your enemy by the name of Satan himself. Colossians 1.13 tells us, For God the Father rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. There you go. There's the change of address form again, but we're going to get back to that. So Ephesians 2.2 tells us that we were not living in the domain of darkness, but we were dead in the domain of darkness. We, we were walking, but we were the walking dead. We were zombies with no life in us, just walking in a rut, and we couldn't see a thing because we were walking in the dark. Now, this word that we see in Ephesians 2.2 is the Greek word peripateo. 
And it means that we were walking in a rut. We formerly walked according to the course of this world. We took the same steps day after day after day. We had absolutely no control over our lives. Have you ever been to the county fair or the state fair and seen those ponies who are sort of on a metal merry-go-round and you put your children on and those ponies just walk? in a circle, one foot in front of the other, going nowhere, just walking in a circle. Now, this phrase, formerly walked according to the course of this world, describes that kind of scenario. Now, when I look at the words formerly walked, I realize I need to remind myself of this phrase every single day of my life. Carol, you formerly walked in anger. You don't walk there anymore. Carol, you formerly walked in bitterness, but you don't walk there anymore. Carol, you formerly walked in negativity or in yelling or in abuse or in addiction or in depression or in discouragement, but you don't walk there anymore. We all have areas of our life that we need to remind ourselves that used to be you, but it ain't you today. No longer. You filled out the change of address form. Ephesians chapter two, verse three is a sad verse. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. You know what the saddest part is about this sad, sad verse? That the people who are living in this place are deceived into believing that they have it right and that the rest of the world has it wrong. This verse says that they lived in the lusts of their flesh. They indulged the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know, the flesh tries to convince you that you need it now, that you want it now, that you deserve it now, that you got to have it now. You know that's the truth. The desires or the lusts of the flesh try to convince you to have sex outside of marriage, to eat everything in sight, to gamble away your family's earnings, to use that credit card, to buy everything you want to buy and go every place you want to go. Your flesh and your mind can really get you in some major trouble, especially when you're in the dark, especially when you're doing life in the dark. Now, Ephesians 2, 3 tells us not only were you dead, not only were you in the dark, but it gets worse than that. It says that by nature, we were children of wrath. We were children of anger, that anger gave birth to the person who we were at that moment in our lives. Anger was in our DNA when our address was darkness. And could I just tell you that anger and darkness are a lethal combination in anyone's life. The fatalities that happen to angry people who are living in the dark are too numerous to count. Let's skip ahead for just a moment to Ephesians 4, 17 and 18, because these verses also describe what a person is like before they fill out the change of address form before they know Jesus Christ. 
So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Oh, this is not a pretty picture, is it? This verse talks about the hardness of our heart. Do you realize that before we knew Christ, we had a petrified heart? This word for hardness that we see in Ephesians 4, 18, described the hardest stone known to mankind, that our hearts were beyond feeling and beyond reach. Now, what I've described for you over the course of the last few minutes is not a pretty picture. And you might say, Carol, you're usually so encouraging. Why are we talking about hard hearts, walking in darkness, and the enemy today? You know why we're talking about it? Because you need to know what you've been saved from. The stakes are very, very high. And the good news is this, where you started is not where you're going to end up because you, my friend, have been given a change of address form. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter two and read verses one through three once again in preparation for verse four. But you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Are you ready for verse four? Hang on to your seats. Ephesians 2, 4, but God. Ah, doesn't that just send a thrill of peace and hope and joy through your soul, you would still be living where Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 describes you, but God, you would still be dead, a zombie. You would still be a pony on a perpetual rope going nowhere. You would still be in bondage to lust and flesh. You would still be disobedient. Anger would still be your DNA. You would still have a petrified heart, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. God, the most incredible giver of all time, the most generous being in all of eternity is rich in mercy. And he couldn't keep his mercy to himself because he's generous. He was compelled to be merciful to somebody He was compelled to be merciful to a whole lot of somebodies. Years ago, when all five children were living at home and my husband was a pastor and we were really struggling financially, and a very, very rich man gave us a gift. It was not a loan, but it was a financial gift. The gift was abundant. It was beyond anything we could ask or imagine. And when we were thanking him, he said, you know what? If I live to be 100, I will never be able to spend all the money that I have. I have often applied that philosophy to God and to his mercy. 
that he has so much mercy, he's rich in it. He has more than enough to lavishly spend on you. You serve a God who's rich in mercy. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.